Welcome to the Long Overdue Podcast, featuring me, Chris, Denise, and Pat. Hi, Chris. Hi, Denise. Hi, friends. Today we're going to be talking about all things Star Wars, since it is Star Wars Reads Month now, isn't it? Not just Star Wars Reads Day. Day. It's way too big to to hold, to be held in just one day. Too big for just one day. So yes, that's what we're going to be discussing today uh, which i guess is particularly relevant since there's a new movie coming out yes december 18th i believe mm-hmm. <laughs> the last jedi Ooh. wonder you, who that's gonna be yeah who is that gonna be <laughs> you, you know i was told that uh some there's been speculation about the titles of these movies uh-huh. about how they're all going to form a sentence in the end and uh that uh, it was going to be The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, from his nap. <laughs> Somehow I don't think that's what the last movie's going to be called. But, you know. Wow. That's pretty good. Hmm. So you, you have a... So I see how does Rogue One fit into all that? Uh, well, that came before the yeah the new one, so prequel to so it doesn't it doesn't it. count in the sentence. In no, the I don't I don't think so because I don't think any of the other movies. The Force Awakens, Rogue One, The Last Jedi, depends on your punctuation. I think. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. So you have a Star Wars infographic book there? Pat? I do. I brought it to the podcast recording, Chris. <laughs> and it's amazing. It's called Star Wars Super Graphic, A Visual Guide to a Galaxy Far, Far Away by Tim Long. And it is just amazing. It's, it has infographics like, who has the Millennium Falcon? And it's a whole list of all the people who owned the Millennium Falcon in order and how they got it. It's a timeline. It's a timeline. Well, that's cool. Yes. Very colorful timeline. How cool is that? It has the whole list of everyone who ever said, I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> and the context in which they said it. It's just amazing. Like how many shots were fired and missed. Luke and Leia in, in episode four. Oh my gosh. It's, it's just incredible. All the info that you never thought you wanted to know about In bright Star colors. Wars. Yeah. It looks really professional. Yes, it looks very nice. It does. It's really fun. So yeah, I spent some time with it yesterday learning all kinds of wonderful things. There's even an infographic about... The language spoken by the clone troops in episode one. And it shows you how often they say Roger as opposed to Roger, Roger. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, that's it's it's all in here. If you want to know, it's all there. And it's in our library. That's right. So. What do we want to talk about about Star Wars? Besides infographics that you can't see on the radio. (laughs) Well, um, I was having a discussion with Denise earlier about the new movie coming up. And, uh, of course, we all know that The the Force Awakens was remarkably similar to another Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. Um, It was. So, my, my speculation or my, you know, what we what we discussed was if they uh, if they maintain the similarity to the original trilogy, is the Last Jedi going to be a darker film than the Force mm-hmm. Awakens? Because that's what we saw in the Empire Strikes Back. It was right. a much darker film, and it seems like nothing was going well for the heroes. Mm-hmm. And I um, I'm actually kind of hoping that's the direction they're going to go with this new movie. What do you What do you all think? I thought The Force Awakens was already a darker movie than A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Just, on, just on the surface, it was a darker movie than that. So to, to say that it's going to go darker, I'd, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised. 
Yeah. yeah. But yeah, to see the similarities there in the direction. But I think that's going to take it to an even darker place than The Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, there definitely were a lot of a lot of darker things in The Force Awakens than in, in, in and, A New Hope. And that may have just been that it was 40 years later. And right. It's a things have changed. We accept Cinematically, that. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Science Ex- fiction tends to be darker mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, I mean, we still had destroyed planets, mm-hmm. so it just was a little more... Uh, a little more graphic, I guess, than the destruction of Alderaan. Yeah, which, we didn't see much of that. Which it mm-hmm. just looked, you know, like a an elaborate firecracker <laughs> in space. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and you didn't, you know, all, all we know is Obi-Wan's reference to the millions of voices crying right. out and being silenced. And in The Force Awakens, we actually saw, you know, mm-hmm. the imp- people witnessing their impending doom. is, And then, of course, Patricide... With the, right. Oh, right. The death of Han Solo. That's pretty dark. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still not over that. Yeah, that was, it was disturbing. It was disturbing. Yeah, and it was Han Solo. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. So in that in that respect, if yeah, if they go darker with the the Last Jedi, then I mean, who knows what we? Oh wait, Denise, you should have said spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler Chris, alert. you should have said spoiler <laughs> alert. Wow. If you're listening to this podcast and you have not seen Star Wars, any of the new movies or older movies or even older movies. Lots of spoilers coming. There's going to be a lot of spoilers. <laughs> and maybe you should pause now and go watch. How many movies is it now? Seven, eight movies. Seven and the... Prequel, yeah. So, <laughs> so we'll say eight. <laughs> and then come back to us. Yeah. Well, it's not... Okay. Rogue One isn't necessarily a prequel to all of them. It's kind of that intertestamental, apocryphal area. Mm-hmm. Like like the Maccabees. <laughs> it's, it's apocryphal. <laughs> it's apocryphal. Right. Yeah. But we're going to be talking all kinds of Star Wars, so we're going to be spoiling all <laughs> kinds of all Star of Wars. them, all of them. So yeah, yeah. If you haven't yeah. watched Star Wars and you don't want anything spoiled, then go watch all of the movies <laughs> and then come back, and, and then come back. come back and listen. Because there's a good chance we're going to spoil it. Yeah, any true. of them that you haven't seen, any of them. But it won't spoil it. Well, <laughs> there's still great movies, even when you know what's happening. Well, that's true. Unless it's the first time that you're watching it, and then you already know what's happening. I mean, it's still a great movie, but it's just not going to be the same. Well, okay. Of course, if you've seen A New Hope, then you you kind of have an idea of what's going to happen at the end of Rogue One. Right. So. You do. That's true. Not a super spoiler there. You kind of know what's going to happen. You kind of know what's going to happen. In Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you kind of know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You kind of know all that from one, two, and three. Right. So I guess <laughs> you don't have to watch all the movies <laughs> before Just, you listen. Yeah. You can skip the Jar Jar part. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the Phantom Menace episode one came out when my son, t- about the time my son turned four or five. And it was perfect for him. We had his birthday party. We went to see the movie with his three or four little Mm -hmm. friends. It was super great for them. But they were five. That's right. (laughs) So, yeah. I won't say terrible things about Jar Jar because they thought he was great. Yeah. I think they've grown out of that now. Yeah. (laughs) 20 years later. Jar Jar was definitely there for yes that, that audience to, to bring the younger newer generation into into the fold right <laughs> right and and i think that was if that was the purpose it was successful mm-hmm. well, i was 10 when i saw yeah the phantom menace and of course mm-hmm. i had so i'd already seen all the other movies and was already you know a fan mm-hmm. um and i remember hearing people talk about how annoying he was and i was at that point, I was not old enough to pick up on 
things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I didn't, I, you know, I, when I watched it originally, you know, I had no problem. I'm like, oh, it's funny. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and silly. But, uh, yeah, the, the I think that one of the actually really good criticisms of Jar Jar and... Because uh, throughout the rest of the whole, the rest of the movie, he's a good comic relief. But they took it too far during the last battle scene. Because they didn't maintain a continuity and tone. Mm-hmm. Because in one scene, in, you know, in one section, one scene, we have uh, Obi Wan and Qui Gon, you know, fighting to the death with uh, Darth Maul, and then another scene we have a space battle, and those are both, you know, serious. And then we have this ground battle, which is also supposed to be serious, but the whole thing is made completely ridiculous with Jar Jar's yeah. antics. Yeah. And so it's like we're laugh- We're supposed to be laughing. But stop laughing. And then Wait. one minute, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> Qui-Gon is getting, you know, impaled by a lightsaber. And it's like, you know, it's like, this is too much. How are we supposed to feel about all this? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's probably the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes in that, yeah. in that movie is the continuity and tone during that whole scenario. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That was probably the most in-depth conversation we've ever had about Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, and probably the only one. Yeah, <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, in depth. Well, I only bring it up because I read it somewhere else, <laughs> so it's not entirely original. But that's okay. You're the first one to put it on our podcast. That's right. There you go. All right. All right. I want more Ewoks. More Gosh, Ewoks. It. Yes. Oh, more yeah, Ewoks. I'm so glad they became short, not. <laughs> That they weren't just Wookiees. Yeah. I'm yeah. so glad they became their own thing. Because mm-hmm. they're just adorable. They are. I want more of them. And I don't have a problem with the Ewoks being triumphant against the Stormtroopers. No. I know a lot of people no. were like, oh, no, that's impossible. And I'm like... Peshaw. No, I don't... <laughs> There was a bunch. There was a bunch of them. It was their home planet. That's just how it goes. They're gonna fight. <laughs> home court advantage. Yeah. <laughs> Or home moon, I guess you would home, say. Home moon, yeah. home moon advantage. All right, that's fair. So, what what do you think about their changing the ending scene, the celebration scene, from the theatrical release to the what was it, the the um, director's cut and the big? They changed it completely from just the fire and they're all there celebrating to this like. Glo- not global, solar and, system wide, and, yeah, intergalactic, comic, yes, yeah, all intergalactic. The that's the word. And they showed all the different planets, right? Showed yeah. all the different planets. It was all these fireworks, all this stuff going on, and everybody's celebrating. And instead of just the Ewoks and the people who were fighting with them, right there. What do you think of that? Hmm. I did not like. It, like most of the stuff that they added to the yeah mm-hmm. the I didn't like any of it so uh, the whole like, uh, the the original trilogy okay I didn't, yeah so yeah I didn't I didn't like <laughs> that I mean I understand why they did that but I didn't think it was necessary they didn't need to right. steal the thunder from the Ewoks and no looked, they did and they changed you know, the music yeah they changed the, the music whole, the whole tone of that yes. final scene yeah yeah and I didn't like that they put uh didn't they, they put young Anakin. Yes, they did. I was oh like, that was awful. I, I was like, no. <laughs> I forgot they did that. I think I tried to block it out. Yeah. And then uh, the scene in Jabba's tavern or whatever, uh-huh. and they changed the music for that. Yes. They had some guy, some CGI creature singing a cheesy blues type thing, and oh, it was completely yeah. different was from the original fun. movie. And I was like, what? Because I, I grew up and I remember yeah, that song. Sure. That silly, that silly alien with the big long right mouth. And I know a lot of people criticize that too, like how ridiculous some of the aliens were and stuff. But that didn't do it's that. Fantasy. That didn't make it any better. Yeah. I feel like right, they actually no. took a step down. When yeah. They did that. Yeah. You know, another scene that I didn't like that they added was when Jabba visited Han in the hangar where the Millennium Falcon was mm-hmm. before they took off. It was it was like that puts Jabba in a whole different setting, you know, mm-hmm. and and 
he shouldn't be just traveling around talking to people. Yeah. He's like, he's too big for that. Yeah. He's too mm-hmm. much of a, of a emperor sort of figure, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be slumming to go yeah, to, the, yeah. to the hangar and go see them and go talk to him. He's got people to do that for him. That's why Greedo was there. Yeah. He was willing yeah. to hire the bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is just silly. Mm-hmm. You just wanted an excuse to do more CGI. And all those extra creatures that they threw in in Mos Eisley, that was just blah. Yeah. <laughs> totally stuff. unnecessary. Yep. And now, if you get a Blu-ray, that's what you have to have. That's what you get, yeah. Yeah, I don't mm. think you can get the theatrical release on Blu-ray. I don't know. Maybe hmm. I'm wrong. I don't, yeah, probably not. But I think that, yeah, I think you get all those upgrades yeah. <laughs> well it's just it seems ironic that they felt like they needed to add all that stuff because the uh the effects in the original films were so lauded right you know for it be and, and it being that you know coming out of that era and what mm-hmm. they were capable of doing with what little they had they just right. made it look amazing and right. they didn't, they, oh, didn't yeah. need, they didn't need cgi it no you know. and yeah was it was it twentieth year, twentieth anniversary, or twenty fifth when they re, when they released that whole set on Blu Ray or whatever? It was one of those, mm-hmm. and that's when all that stuff showed up. And it's like, really, you can't just leave the integrity of this movie mm-hmm. for what it was mm-hmm. in nineteen seventy seven. You have to say, oh well, let's judge it on the standards of today, and those standards have gone down <laughs> because obviously yeah. you're not going to rely on the the ability of your actors and the mm-hmm. the technology that was available then. Right. It seems that during that time period, they several of the older movie franchises re-released mm-hmm. new digital enhanced versions. Yeah. Like you had the um, E.T. Oh. I think that mm-hmm. was remastered and some things were added in that. And I, hmm. I want to say that one of the Indiana Jones movies went through a remastered Did too. it, and they yeah. added stuff to it? I think so. Hmm. I'd have to look it up. That may I be. missed that. But, wow. But it was like a whole little yeah. time period huh. there where several things were re-released with hmm. digitally added. And it could have just been songs changed. It could have just been them trying yeah. to make it sharper. Or, right. But right. they still went around and tweaked yes. some of the movies up. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it should have been changed. I don't think it needed that so-called enhancement. Mm-hmm. Speaking of adding things, mm-hmm. um, even in the new movies, like with Rogue One, I did not like that they inserted CGI versions of of actors from the original films in there, like General Tarkin. Oh, Yeah. And yeah. and he looked okay. I was I almost like had to take a double take when he right. came out. But then at the end when Princess Leia showed up, and I was like, "That looks awful. Why did why did you do that? Yeah, it just didn't look right." Well, I'm really glad they've are they've already said they're not going to try to throw in older Princess Leia mm-hmm. in the ninth movie because she was supposed to apparently be a pretty important character mm-hmm. in what they had planned for that. And since Carrie Fisher died, mm-hmm. yeah. she had finished the eighth movie, but they've decided not to include her in number nine. I'm really glad they yeah. made that decision. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be a whole different thing than what um, Hunger Games did with um, Philip something, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, who whose death happened just before they released, I think, number three. Mm-hmm. But then he was in number four, and so they filled in from the you know the footage they had and kind of made it work. He was a very minor character, mm-hmm. though, at that point. So, I mean, it was still, I don't think it was a good idea, but it would have been, it's a whole different thing to to do that with a Princess Leia kind of character. Right, especially if she's going to be a huge right. part of yeah. the movie. That's right, true. yeah. Right. And there's no replacing her. No, like, no, no. Like, oh, let's get another no, actress. No, no, no. That would have been awful. That's not even, no. not even <laughs> something to consider. 
Nope. But it's not like they haven't been doing this for, for decades and decades. Because mm-hmm. now all I'm thinking about is the Plan 9 from Outer Space, mm-hmm. where Bela Lugosi died halfway through oh, the film. Yeah, yeah. And so they were trying to figure out ways to make it look like he was still... And they're still there. So yeah. they've been doing this for a long time. This That's is not a true. new thing. It's not a brand new thing. They just they're have new technology it for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, which means they think they should do it more often, maybe. Yeah, that's yeah, unfortunately wow. true. The first movie came out when I was years old. <laughs> and younger. When Pat was younger. Significantly younger than now. Yeah. Um, and my best friend had gone to see it, and she came back and she said, Pat, you've got to go see this movie. It's the best movie ever. And so we did, and it came out, I don't remember what day, but I think it was in June of 1977. And that summer, I believe, we went to see it like 19 times. Because obviously we had no life. (laughs) But, But we really, really liked this movie. And it was... It was so different from everything else. You know, there was nothing you could compare it to. Mm-hmm. And fantasy, science fiction sort of stuff was, I thought, was just really cool. And so, yeah, we did that a lot. That's a lot. I, my that dad said that he went and saw it, I think, maybe two or three times. And I thought that that was. That was overkill. I might, if it's a movie I really like, I might go and see it twice in theaters. Well, but think you know. about yeah, the fact, I don't think though, I think uh, about the fact though that now, as soon as it comes out on disc, you can go buy it, or you can stream it from Netflix or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. We might never see this movie again. That's you know, true. At, yeah. in 1977, you didn't have VCRs, right. none of that. I right. mean, the only way to see this movie again was. If it finally came out on TV in however many years, mm-hmm. or if it was such a huge movie that they might re-release it in theaters at some future point, mm-hmm. that's the only way to see this movie again. Mm-hmm. So that we made sense. sure that yeah. we were taking advantage of seeing this movie yeah. while we could. I mean, it stayed in theaters a really, really long time because it was huge. Right. But you know, we didn't know yeah. if we would ever get to see it again. We, we had no idea, so we took advantage of it. And, of course, I had this huge crush on Mark Hamill, and my friend had this huge crush on Harrison Ford. And so, you know, we bought the T-shirts and had the posters mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. My friend even bought the soundtrack album. Oh, my goodness. Cool. Every time that she came cool. to my house, she <laughs> brought it with her, and we would just play Star Wars music all the time. So... It, it was just amazing. Yeah. But, yeah, I hadn't thought about the fact that that's probably why we went to see it so many yeah. times. But as I'm yeah. sitting here talking to you about it, yeah, you know, we had no idea. And now you know that you're going to have the opportunity to see it again. Mm-hmm. Right. Even if you don't decide to go buy it so that you got it mm-hmm. in some form, you can still probably find it pretty quickly you know netflix or your premium channels or you know whatever yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's much more readily available to you well come to the library and check it out that's right oh my gosh i never even thought of that (laughs) that's true because i will tell you that in this library we will always have the star wars movies Mm -hmm. as soon as we can get them as long as pat works here (laughs) that 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 will always be the case that is true and those, all those books. So we should talk about Star Wars books, too. Yeah, because should it is we? Star Wars Reads Month. Oh, yeah. Re- reads. reads Month. Right. Yes. So, we anybody have read some of those Star Wars books? <laughs> and crickets. Crickets. Well, I've read the picture books, you know. Good night, North Darth Vader, or whatever it is. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. cute picture books. <laughs> and I've read the Jedi Academy books. I've yeah. read some of those. I read a couple of Timothy Zahn novels back when, but I haven't kept up because it seems like it was just so much. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's so way, many. There is an infographic in this wonderful <gasps> Star Wars super graphic book that gives you a timeline of where everything falls. It includes the movies, the TV shows, like the Clone Wars and all that, Mm -hmm. comics, and novels. 
So they are all in there in chronological order so you can see where they all fit together. Does oh. it, it's, does it, it's Star Wars chronology, not mm-hmm. publication chronology. Right. Does it uh, have like different timelines for... Because when the new movie came out, mm-hmm. The Force Awakens, didn't they have they had to change some of the continuity because the movies didn't the new movie didn't follow some of the stuff that happened in the original expanded universe. It, that's true. They had to kind of go do funky things, but this still it still is the basic chronology. I think they were still able to do that. So here's what is missing from this book: an index. So give me a little while. <laughs> oh no, there it is right there. No, that's not it. Well, okay. at the library we have yes, probably a bit from everything. Yeah. I know we yes, have we graphic novels mm-hmm. and the adult novels and juvenile yeah, yeah, ju- novels. Juvenile. Also juvenile graphic novels. We have the, the chapter books. William Shakespeare's Star Wars. That's oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> we do have the collection of William Shakespeare's Star Wars. If you don't know what that is, it is the Star Wars movies, the scripts, turn Shakespearean. Mm-hmm. Yes, in iambic pentameter. They That's really right. Are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and is is there one little scene of that still out on our website? Yes, there yes, is. Yes, there is. For real? Yep. <laughs> if you go to our Facebook page and click on videos, you will see Pat oh, and Chris reading... <laughs> from the book playing out a little scene mm-hmm. it's pretty great it's pretty good it's pretty it, great. that's the scene that includes the more you tighten your grip the more starships will slip through your fingers isn't it no she's no. talking to darth vader she's yeah. talking to targon okay well yes. sorry there's a there's a graphic in here that shows <laughs> yes. on one axis is the more you tighten your grip and on the other axis is the more starships will slip through your fingers. And, of course, the point at which they intersect is way out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, my goodness. That's funny. Yeah. We also have several of Carrie Fisher's nonfiction books that she wrote. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. In book format have, and audio. I think we have caught up i think we have everything i think so i think we have all of them what the princess diarist when the princess diarist came out we were missing a couple Mm -hmm. i think but i think we've caught up well she's written she wrote several yeah yeah i think we have them all and she has a novel as well that we have the Mm -hmm. postcards postcards from the edge is that the novel I think so. And yes, we do have that. Yes, we have it. I know because I cataloged it. <laughs> I know everything. Unless I forget. <laughs> you know everything except for the things you don't know? Except for the things I so, don't know so and the So speaking of Carrie Fisher's writing, our Wise Reads Online Book Club, our selection for December is The Princess Diarist by Carrie Fisher. So... If you're into Star Wars such things, that's a really interesting book. I heard that the audiobook was done really well. She reads her part uh and then when from is it from like her younger journals? When she's actually when it's actual words from her journals that she kept during the filming of the first Star Wars movie, it's her daughter who does the narration. Mm -hmm. So Carrie Fisher's doing most of it, Mm -hmm. but those passages that are directly from her journals of her how old was she 19 mm-hmm. yeah 19 year old self 19. um it's her daughter who's reading it so it's it's a similar voice mm-hmm. but it's a younger voice and so it's it's very distinct and you can really tell the difference pretty cool yes that's an interesting timeline <laughs> with oh, all, all the yes, different we have the timeline I finally found it. It's at the beginning of the book, and I started at the end. Yeah, no, I, I'm just looking at it because Pat showed it to me, and yeah, that's cool. And you can't see it. You so. can't see it, but if you come check out the book, you can. <laughs> you can totally it. see it. 
but uh, if you come and check it out. But yeah, it's cool. It's got the comics, and we have. And I recognize some of these that we have here. So, yay! I think comic books are a great format for for Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm. Haven't really read any of the books. I have read one in the, like the Rogue Squadron a long time ago, like when I was still in junior high. It was. It was okay. I just. I feel like the books expand things to the point of taking a little bit of the. I don't know, the magic, the wonder the out joy. of it. Because yeah. everything is just so, you know, it's just it, prosaic. Well, one of the things they do, I think, and part of this, I think, is who writes them, is they take the fantasy out of the science fantasy. Mm-hmm. It, it's more hardcore science fiction in the novels, yeah, I think, yeah. than the movies are. The movies still kind of fall a little bit more on that fantasy side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, mm-hmm. the, there's the future or the past, whatever you're looking at it for. Right. Obviously, a long time ago is not the future, but it looks like our future, <laughs> yeah. not our past. Whatever. Um, but... It's always been very much, we don't know what the science is behind this. Mm-hmm. And the Force, while we've got that whole midichlorian thing, is mm-hmm. still a, an esoteric yes. thing out there. It's not, you know, there's nothing like a good blaster. <laughs> yep. So it's, it's a whole different thing. And that's the religion, myth kind of area of it. But then... I think the the novels, the serious adult novels, don't really take that into account at all. They they focus on the hardcore mm. science fiction, the battles, the who's in charge, who the leaders are, the the political intrigue, that kind of all thing. the military operations yeah. and yeah. terminology and yeah. things like that. Mm. You, yeah, and it's one of those things where you can get caught up in oh my goodness, what kind of ship was that, and what was that long description about it, and Instead of the fun of the story, and I'm not so into that, but some people love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. obviously, because we have hordes of Star Wars books that people are clearly reading, or they wouldn't keep making them. So, well, that's true. So, I'm yeah. I know there's some people that just love that kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. they, you know, they want to be able to name all the different models of the the X-wing, just like somebody wants to know all the different Boeing 747 models that have been out there. I don't know that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Well, you know, there are a, a few books out there. There's there's one series for kids, and then there's another one that I can't remember if we've got it in the building yet or not. It's a brand new release. So the kids' books, it's um, Tom Engelberger, the guy who writes Sisters Grimm, Tale Dark and Grimm, um, and Alexandra, somebody... But they they were brought in to reimagine each of the three classic trilogy books. So Tom Engelberger wrote um, the one about Episode Four. Um, I think Adam Gidwin, I think is his name, did um, Episode Five, and then Alexandra, whatever her last name is, did Episode Six. And so they're they're fairly sizable little novels for kids. They're kind of middle grade, third, fourth, fifth, maybe sixth grade novels, but reimagining. So there's a little bit different perspective. Things happen that weren't in the movies, but nothing contradicts what's in the movies. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the, the premise from which they worked. So they're able to, to kind of tell their own story, but they have to fit it within the framework of what's in the movie. Um, and then the the new book for adults that's just come out, I think it's called From a Certain Point of View, and it's short stories written by sci-fi writers, bestseller sci-fi writers, and Pierce Brown is one of those. That's right. I think Andy Weir was asked to write one of those. There are mm-hmm. several people that you would know who, who were asked to write one of those, and, and it's just come out, so I don't know if our copy is in the building or not yet. I haven't seen it yet. But I know it's ordered, and I'm pretty sure it's available. I mean, it's it's in print already. So anyway, we'll take a look. Yeah. But you know, kind of new new looks at the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. So make and like it's just different characters' perspectives, things like that. Yeah. 
some of them are the, the lesser known characters. Some are the ones that are prominent, but you don't really get to, to know what's behind their, you know, their decisions or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a lot of that kind of thing. Oh, there's 43 authors. 43. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do you have a release date? October 3rd? Should be here. Should, yep, be here anytime. I haven't seen it yet, but it should okay. be here anytime. Yeah, it may be in I Saw a Box back there. Meg Cabot has a. Story oh, my goodness. In there. Oh, wow. Yeah, Chuck Wendig. So, so, not just sci fi authors, just mm-hmm. well known authors. So my authors, Zareda Cordova. Hmm. Will Wheaton. What? Yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, my goodness. If you've never heard him narrate an audiobook, it's pretty cool. He does a really good job. He did a nonfiction book called What If? And it's like imagining different scenarios and science and you know, in the world, and what if this had happened instead of that, and um, it's a, it's kind of an interesting book, but it's even more interesting because it's Will Wheaton reading the yeah. audio, <laughs> and I think he also does the audio of Ernest Klein's Armada. Also Ready Player One. Did he do mm-hmm. Ready Player One? He also does a lot of the John Scalzi books, too. He did oh, Red Shirts. Oh, that's right. Red he did yeah. do Red Shirts. I forgot mm-hmm. that. He's good. Very good voice. He's actor. not just a goofball. Mm-mm. Even though he seems like one sometimes. He does. <laughs> Although every time you see him on Big Bang Theory, he's kind of the the straight man to all their other goofballs, <laughs> which is funny. Maybe he looks forward to that because he gets to be the normal guy instead of the the weirdo <laughs> in that in that context. <laughs> He's definitely no Wesley Crusher anymore, is he? Mm-mm. That's pretty much the, the only role he did like that. I mean, not, you know, he's done other... He's done other roles, for other, sure. Other roles, but, I mean, he was... He was just a normal space kid. <laughs> <laughs> normal space kid. Yeah. On the Enterprise. Yeah. Doing things. You know, just, just like kids on, on Earth today, except... In space. Except not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a big Will Wheaton follower, so y'all, y'all know more than me. <laughs> oh, Ian Desher, who does the Star Wars Shakespeare, has written a, a thing for this book, too. Oh. I wonder if it's going to be Shakespearean. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. We'll let you know. Once we have it here in the library and cataloged, I'm sure we'll be... Mentioning it on our social media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and pretty soon coming up, we'll probably, we probably need to do another book review and fun books we're reading episode, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been a month already since That's we right. That. What else have we been reading? We'll, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk yeah, about it later. Not today. <laughs> so what's your favorite episode of Star Wars? What's your favorite movie? Hmm. The Empire Strikes Back. For real? Yeah. Because it's dark. <laughs> Is that why? It's really dark, and it 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 probably has the most. It's probably the most literary out of all the episodes because Joseph Campbell worked so closely and on the writing in that. And, yes, he did. You know, if you ever watch or read a. Uh, any of his stuff about the power of myth. He talks about how how many different, you know, of the uh, the classic archetypes from uh, ancient you know literature like Greek literature mm-hmm. and and things like that that are found in that film. You know, like the search for the father. They're not just in that film. I know, but that's the one where the that's <laughs> the one where the whole classic trilogy. That's the one where they're most pronounced. I know that they're you know they're found in. No, there. that's the one where the where they come to a head the most i think it's the it's the it's the building to the climax of the whole arc and then you've just got that really long denouement in the third movie (laughs) maybe that's what that is yeah maybe that's what that is i mean there still is more 
action building in the third movie, but there's a whole lot of that in the second movie. That's true. The first movie is almost... I mean, there's stuff going on, but there's almost, it's almost entirely exposition. It's almost entirely to give you the foundation of the story enough so that the second one makes sense. Right. And you can move along in the second one. Well, I feel like the first one so, you could yeah. almost watch... Like, if they didn't make any other Star Wars movies, you could watch the first one. Sure. And, and it'd be a complete story. And there's a lot of people who've done that, because that was enough for them. Yeah. <laughs> But um, but yeah, we'll just yeah. if if uh, I can't make any other valid argument, then yes, I like the Empire Strikes Back because okay. it's really dark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and cold. It's really dark. Oh. <laughs> I like the cold, the ice planet. You just like the guts falling out of the <laughs> the, the creature whose name I can't the remember. The Tauntaun. Tauntaun. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> that was. <laughs> Denise, do you have a favorite? I don't know. I don't know if I can say that I have a favorite. I know you're not the biggest not a, Star Wars nerd in the room. Yeah. So. <laughs> no. By no means the biggest Star Wars nerd in the room. <laughs> it's a small room. <laughs> I was actually not really a Star Wars fan for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't become a, a Star Wars fan until adulthood. Really? Like, I'm... Okay. Me watching. <laughs> but yeah, like I'm because when I was a, a teenager I tried to watch the original trilogy and mm-hmm. I just couldn't really get into it. Mm-hmm. But later on in life I'm trying rewatching them again and I was like, Oh, these are actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. And so but I'm not like a super diehard fan. I'm like, oh my gosh, this movie's coming out and I gotta go see it right now. Right. Hmm. I do want to see them, but I'm not like, I have to buy my ticket beforehand. I have to go to the midnight showing. Right. Oh man, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I will say that I have never been to a midnight showing, but now that they do the evening releases mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. night before, yeah. I'm all into that. I'll I'll do that, but I can't do midnight releases. We did that for a Harry Potter movie once, and holy cow. Had to get up and go to work the next day. That yeah. was not easy. It was the last it was the last Harry Potter. And they showed Deathly Hallows part one and then part two at midnight. So okay. we were sitting there watching movies for like five and a half hours. <laughs> And it was already at the end of the day, and the new one didn't start till midnight, and then we all had to get up and go, you know, wherever the next mm-hmm. morning. It was really difficult. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't go to midnight releases, but... But now midnight releases are like 7 o'clock at night. 7 o'clock, that's right. <laughs> I'm all over that. So, yeah. I don't have my tickets yet for The Last Jedi, but I just saw that they're available, and I'm going to take care of that soon. Yeah. Yeah, I, I knew that. Ask if they were available. Wait, it's not December eighteenth. It's the fifteenth, isn't it? Because I'm pretty sure that's. Is that right? What is we it? Find out. Well, what is it? We know it's a Thursday. Oh gosh. Yes. Right. So whatever. Okay. It yes. So it's. Uh, it is the fifteenth. Fifteenth. So the night of the fourteenth. Mm-hmm. Um. I made sure that my class that I teach doesn't take a final exam because it would be that night, the 14th. So, yeah. <laughs> so you're planning... They're going to be finished with their class on the 7th <laughs> so that on the 14th, I can go see Star Wars. Yeah. I was pretty excited. My friend Cindy that I went to see it with 19 times in 1977, I saw Rogue One before she did. I was really excited. I took a picture of my, my, my kids sitting with me to watch it. And, um, well, and the, the Force Awakens, too. We saw it either the day before or a couple of days before she did. I was really excited because, you know, she was the one who introduced it to me, but now we're all with so it. So now you're like... I got. I saw it before I you. Saw it before you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, so I posted on Facebook and I tagged her. Well, I had my daughter tag her because I couldn't figure out how to do it. And 
And so, so she writes back and she says, shh, I haven't seen it yet. (laughs) (laughs) But I think she fixed that by like the day after. So it was all good. And of course she posted pictures with her kids (laughs) and her daughter wasn't there. And her daughter immediately said, wait, this was a family trip, and I wasn't invited. <laughs> but yeah, I try to go see it with my kids, but I don't know if that's going to work out this time. But we'll eventually see it together. I just don't know if we'll get to see it <laughs> on opening night together. So, Pat, you didn't tell us what your favorite one was. Um, I think my favorite has to be um, um, A New Hope, just because it was the new thing. Mm-hmm. And right. And it started it all. It did. And I had, this, you know, it was that huge crush on Mark Hamill at the time. Not so much anymore. I'll just say that. But um, <laughs> he's aged pretty well. He, not, he's not done badly. That's yeah. true. But, you know, it's okay. He definitely pulls off the old Jedi he look. Does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I was really surprised <laughs> at that, that last scene. Mm-hmm. That was. That was good. Like, he doesn't quite have the presence of an Alec Guinness, but... <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> but, he, yeah, that that worked really well. I'll be really interested to see how that goes with him in the new movie mm-hmm. because, I mean, he hasn't been in... Yeah, he's a voice actor now. He's other couple, Yeah, yeah. Like, he does so a lot he's of not been doing work. a lot of on-screen stuff, mm-hmm. I don't think at all, mm-hmm. in the last several years. He's done a lot of audio books mm-hmm. um he did all the ah the tony di Trelizzi, the spiderwick chronicles mm-hmm. he did all yeah. of those and i know he's done a lot of he's video done, game cartoon mm-hmm. stuff you know that a lot of that kind he's of he's done thing. a lot of he's voiced a lot of the joker for a lot of mm-hmm. oh that's right. Yeah, Batman, the joker. right that's right animated movies so yeah there's been he's been busy but mm-hmm. we haven't seen him much yeah so not really much on screen I remember sometime around when the Star Wars, the the first the classic trilogy was coming out, he did a movie called Corvette Summer, which was one of those horrible, you know, <laughs> yeah. summer comedy. Not it wasn't really a comedy; it was more serious, but it was kind of a summer romance movie or something, and it was just awful. <laughs> it was so bad, and you know, you wonder sometimes with those kind of movies whether it's the script or mm-hmm. the actor or both mm. it can be a combination of it, yeah it, be a bad it probably was a little of everything and poor direction mm-hmm. and low budget and all of that i mean it was a real corvette i will say that as far as i could tell it was in summer but other than that <laughs> i you know it was it was not your your high budget summer blockbuster movie but mm-hmm. that's all i ever remember seeing him in besides mm-hmm. the star wars movies well it's not like uh harrison ford who was oh in a goodness. lot of movies but none of them really that memorable compared to his star wars right indiana, indiana jones, jones and blade runner mm-hmm. that's true i'm have you seen the new blade runner yet not, not yet, yet. me either going to see it yeah this really weekend I'm hoping to this weekend too. Yeah. 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 Harrison Ford and Ryan Gosling. So you know, it's really interesting. (laughs) I told you my friend had the crush on Harrison Ford, and I had the crush on Mark Hamill. This happened all the time. Like, she would have the crush on the person who really had some talent, and I would not. (laughs) 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 And it was always very interesting to see how that all worked out, because I just. You know, it was all about the pretty face, and she was looking for the talent. Mm-hmm. And Interesting. I don't know. It, it happened over and over again <laughs> in our friendship. But <laughs> finally, I got to where I just quit because I was never right. You know, she, she always managed to find the, the person who actually could act or sing or whatever they were doing. So anyway, yeah. that was pretty funny. But I do remember my T-shirt I had that had Luke Skywalker on it. Ooh. Yeah, it was the twin sons of Tatooine were behind him, and it was that that pensive pose where he's got the one leg up on the mound mm-hmm. and he's looking yeah. out across the yeah. the desert, and you know, 
it's it's the one the one pose he's got where he's not standing there whining or yeah. being a pain like he usually is. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was really funny as i was watching um the Force Awakens. I kept thinking, man, Kylo Ren sounds a lot more like Luke than he does. Yes, Han. yes he does. And with his wine crown he's got going on. He is very much like, <sighs> like his good old Uncle Luke. Yeah, really. And I mean, only I was going into Dahashi Station to get some power converters. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and just it's just like Luke Skywalker to be like, yeah. I am going to run away and yeah. no one's going to find me. Here's a map to where I'm going to be. <laughs> Don't come! Don't come looking for me, okay? I'm just gonna leave this map here. Well, See? he didn't just leave it lying around. He, had to he go le- looking for he it. He left a map. <laughs> he left a map somewhere for <laughs> people to come look for him. Well, he knew someone would need him eventually, but they had to need him desperately in order to track down that map. He didn't just tack it up on the wall. For anybody to find. <laughs> well, we don't know how that map started. <laughs> he could have just been like, I'm going to leave this here with my runaway note on the table. I think he and- <laughs> put it right next to the, the Help Me Obi-Wan Kenobi, You're My Only Hope video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's right there in, in R2's memory. That's right. <laughs> I, I know R2 said he wiped it and he didn't have it anymore, but that was not true. <laughs> it was lying. So there's this great thing on Tumblr that I like to I like to look at. And it's the modern adventures of the Han Solo family. Okay. And it's basically just a bunch of gift sets where they've taken Harrison Ford and Adam Driver and Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill from various uh, different movies or oh, interviews. Yeah, yeah. And they just add funny little little lines yeah. to it. Um it's a it's definitely a great thing to look up because you will see all kinds of it's very much a dysfunctional family dynamic. <laughs> I mean just in the movies it's a very dysfunctional family dynamic. Uh-huh. <laughs> so when you put it in a modern setting it's very hilarious. So how would one find these? What are they called? The Han Solo family meme? It is the Modern Adventures of the Solo Family. If you just Google Modern Adventures of the Solo Family. Okay. You'll see some great, great gift sets. And Adam Driver's been in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And so, and also, um, oh gosh, what's his name that plays Poe? Um, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Yes. And Daisy Ridley. And so you'll see all mm-hmm. kinds of different little scenes where they've taken just gifts from these different movies and put them together to to tell a funny story. Mm-hmm. So Mark Hamill's pretty hilarious on Twitter, I will say. Um, uh-huh. In June of this year, the I believe it was the Huffington Post mm-hmm. started a new Twitter account, and one of the first things they posted was that Mark Hamill, who played Luke Skywalker, died at 65. And so then Mark Hamill retweeted it and wrote, Much of Nation Mourns. Rest in peace, Ed Hamill himself, a wonderful, underrated, and beloved icon. Truly a legend in his own mind. Hashtag, so glad I got to meet him. Hashtag, kind of (laughs) sad. It was just like he mocked his own <laughs> fake death on Twitter. Mm. <laughs> yeah. He's been great. <laughs> and like Carrie Fisher was also very much on Twitter and always tweeted some great things too. People should look those up. You should look it up. Mm-hmm. They're funny. <laughs> I'm still not a big Twitter person i don't i have i have a twitter account but i never you have a twitter account i do i have a a twitter account me too (laughs) when 
in the, but no tweets. In the bio, no, no. no. Mm-hmm. In the bio for my, um, when I post for the Intellectual Freedom blog, mm-hmm. they wanted to put in my Twitter handle. <laughs> and so what they put in was, Pat can sometimes be found at. <laughs> and then gave my Twitter handle. So, yeah, I can't. <laughs> Not really. I'm a Twitter lurker. <laughs> I look at it once in a while to see what other people are saying. But mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much how I do with Facebook. Not much original content. Very, very little <laughs> participation, mostly just, mm-hmm. just going on there to see what's going on. Right. Wow. So <laughs> this is probably a stretch. Um, but whenever, you know, Disney bought... Uh, now has the Star Wars and Marvel universes, mm-hmm. and Ooh. and one of the first things I thought about when all that was going on, and then there was you know the Guardians of the Galaxy. As I was like, now if they wanted to, they could do a Star Wars Guardians of the Galaxy crossover. Ooh, <laughs> that could be interesting. It would be fun. It'd be silly, but it would. But they they could they could do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to, is it 2019 when Star Wars World or whatever opens at Disney World? They're building a Star Mm -hmm. Wars, whole Star Wars area at Disney World. And I think it's opening 2019. So So it's going to be similar to like the Hogwarts Hogwarts Yeah, it's like Harry Potter World. So what are what are the your favorite Star Wars peripheral things like games and clothing and I don't know I've got cookie cutters I I have yet to actually purchase mm-hmm. any of this but I love the her universe stuff okay. you know they have the cute little Han Solo dress and a Boba Fett dress, okay. and just all kinds of really cute, right? Clothing and accessories. That was Think Geek we were looking at last week, wasn't mm-hmm. it? That had a few little Star Wars. That had more items. of a professional yeah. type, professional mm-hmm. dress. Yeah, Star, Star Wars, Wars clothing line. Stuff. Yeah, hmm. a lot of really cool stuff like that. And then there's things like the Chewbacca backpack, and <laughs> yeah, there's all, all kinds of really co- stuff like cool that. things out there. But mm-hmm. I am—I always look at the dresses, and I'm just like, "Oh, that'd be so cute!" And I want to wear it someday. I was a—I'm. Uh, well, I am a gamer. I liked a lot of the the Star Wars video games. Okay. When they came out, my first when the I first got my Nintendo sixty four when when it first came out, the first game I got was uh, the Shadows of the Empire. Mm. for yeah for that system okay. and that takes place um like i guess between the empire strikes back and the return of the jedi okay and i think there's a novelization of that story Probably. as well but uh <laughs> but yeah that was cool and of course i mean the graphics if you played it now it would be like <laughs> but <laughs> you know yeah it'd be like uh what what was this made in the nineties? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it yes, was. It was. <laughs> yeah, but back when it fir- when it first came out, and I I first started, you know, flying around in that snow speeder. Pretty cool. I was, huh? And shooting, yeah, shooting the the eight the ATAT or ADAT. How, how are you supposed to say? that? I don't know. I say ADAT. I've heard it said either way. Me too. And I think those people who spell it out, it's like I don't want my children to know what this is, so I'm gonna spell it. <laughs> It's at at. That's why you make an acronym out of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but the yeah, the Imperial Walkers and you get to shoot the harpoon and fly around oh, and cool. trip Yeah. It was I mean they've you know, they've done that that whole scenario many times since then with much better graphics and on a much larger scale, but that mm-hmm. was the first time that we got to do it in full three D. Cool. So that was cool. Um so I've played some of the games but you know, I have good memories from that. <laughs> and then uh but I gotta say, I love my my uh, force effects lightsaber uh, that okay. I've I've used many times, many times here at the library and at, and other events, other venues, um, and have have showed off my Jedi skills yep. to uh, 
There are plenty of pictures That's of true. this on our Facebook. <laughs> if you go to Facebook and click on photos, there's albums from past Star Wars Reads Day events. Chris is dressed as a Jedi, and Chris does show his skills. So definitely go look. Yeah, gets beat up by little children with noodle with pool noodles. But, that's right. You know, <laughs> that's the way it works. That's how it goes. But yeah, I, uh, so that's probably my favorite and most oft-used Star Wars okay. product. <laughs> <laughs> well, last year for Christmas, my daughter bought all of us um, Star Wars sweaters from the UK, so they're all called jumpers, right? But, <laughs> but mine has ad-ads on it, like white and blue for mm-hmm. the ice planet and... Yes, that's my favorite right now. Yeah, very that's cute. Cool. Right, that's now. Very yeah. cute <laughs> right now. <laughs> and the cookie cutters are great. Yeah. Because they're pretty fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do like the geeky tiki's that they have on Think Geek. Oh, yeah. I would like to get a set of those sometime. The one that are all the different tiki Star Wars mm-hmm. glasses. Hmm. Those are nice. Those are nice. There's a lot of great stuff on Think Geek. Yeah, they do. The holidays are coming out, people. Yeah. <laughs> and we love Star Wars stuff, so. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I don't remember if I was looking at a picture of Winston Churchill or if it was a picture of Yoda. Uh, but at some point, I thought that Yoda looked like Winston Churchill. What do you guys think? I guess in the wrinkly face, mm-hmm. but... I think Winston Churchill looks more like a pug. Okay. (laughs) Than like Yoda. Yoda. (laughs) Okay. It's probably not significant. I think it's just... But, you know, there's this one picture of Winston Churchill, and he's like... (laughs) Everybody can see this. Nobody can see this face I'm making, but you you, you two can. And it's this this face that's really serious, you know. Like that, and I think that Yoda makes a face like that. Yeah, Yoda has serious faces. But they have similar <laughs> facial facial features. <laughs> Other than the fact that he's green and has po- and pointy has ears. ears. And is three feet tall. He's much smaller. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's just me. And, and Yoda doesn't smoke cigars. <laughs> wear hats i'm assuming he's not a functional alcoholic either yeah because i'm pretty sure you know i don't remember anything about that (laughs) i don't know afraid i don't see it sorry not seeing it no sorry do you ever get anybody that says yes to that question no (laughs) (laughs) no but you thought we would maybe I just had to ask. That's fair. Are you looking for something about that in that book? No. Well, I'm looking to see how tall Yoda was. There's a whole there's a whole thing entitled "You're a little short for a stormtrooper, aren't you?" And it tells how tall everybody how is. How tall everybody is. All the main characters, and of course, I can't find it. This book needs an index. Seriously, mm-hmm. it needs an index. There's so much here. There are. 174 pages of stuff, and there's no index. And if you happen to miss the page, then you're out of luck. You just have to flip through it until you, you find it. You have to flip through again. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That sounds like a serious oversight. No kidding. I mean, they could at least put the title, even if you don't know what the title is supposed to be. But, okay, I found it. Yoda is... Point six six meters, so that's like just over two feet tall. Yeah, right? yeah. I forgot this is all in meters. <laughs> meters. Oh well. Yeah, it's a chronicle book, so you know. What was it? Point six six meters. Two point one six feet. Okay, so it's about. What, two feet, two inches or something Wow, like that? really short. And two feet? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Shorter than an Ewok, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hmm. 
Okay. I think that was another mistake they made. When what? they had him have the, the, the duel. Oh, the duel with Count Dooku. Yes. That was bad. And they made him do all those crazy flips <laughs> yeah, and fly around and like, stuff. He could just bounce around. He's just that little. Yeah. What? This is. Yeah. It just. I don't know. I don't, I liked the, the the way they did sort of the the lightsaber duels in the original trilogy because you can only suspend your disbelief so yeah. far, and that was too far. It was yeah, because then he has to pick up his cane and he's uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know? And then and then in addition to that, there is Mace Windu's purple lightsaber. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but that's not a real color. And I know in the super graphic <laughs> Star Wars super graphics, it talks about all the different lightsaber colors and what they mean and why they're different. And it includes purple, but I'm just not a believer there. You just don't believe that there's purple lightsabers? I believe there could be, I guess, but it was nowhere <laughs> else in the universe of the movies. Isn't it only because Samuel L. Jackson wanted a purple That's exactly lightsaber? what I heard, and that was before Facebook and BuzzFeed, so I believe it. <laughs> so he changed the whole universe he because he, wanted, universe a because he wanted a purple lightsaber. Right. Well, if anybody could, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson. That is yeah. true. <laughs> All right. All right. You have been listening to the Long Overdue podcast with Chris, Denise, and Pat talking about Star Wars Reads Day. Star Wars Reads Month. Star Wars Reads Month. Just Star Wars. We're just talking about just Star Wars. Wars. Uh, so tune in again next week for another episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs>